Just Our Real Estate, episode number 315. Sold that one, walked away with $35,000, and then I was like, why would I work? <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to Just Our Real Estate. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you being here. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and today I am going to bring you an interview that I did, oh my gosh, probably eight months ago uh, with a guy named Nick Ruiz, and he is a phenomenal, phenomenal guy with a really impressive background. You know, it's kind of a rags to riches to rags to riches again. I mean, he's, he's made it and lost it and made it back. And man, if there's anyone who can tell you how to pull themselves out of the ashes and how to get started after basically losing everything, this is the guy. And I think this interview is incredibly valuable because it shows you that, you know, not everything goes right all the time. Things will happen in your business. You have to be able to find a way to pick yourself back up and get out there and make it happen. So I'm excited to bring you the interview with Nick and I am going to do that. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out and some love to our new sponsor, LandlordStation.com. LandlordStation.com is a one-stop shop for small landlords. They offer tenant screening, and you know if you listen to the show for any length of time, I have screwed up royally when it comes to screening tenants. You must screen your tenants. You must do a good job of that, or you're going to be really sorry. It's going to cost you thousands of dollars, and LandlordStation.com offers tenant screening for you guys, that alone makes it worthwhile. But when you get there, you're going to be very happy to find out that they also offer online rent payment software and services. They offer e-signatures, document storage, and rental applications. They literally have everything you need. Go check them out. I highly suggest that you go there and sign up and give them a shot. If you go to the website on the right-hand side, click on the Landlord Station banner and you will get 50% off of tenant screening. That's awesome. That alone is, is worth the time to go there and check it out. So go there, check it out. Go to the website, landlordstation.com. Tell them I sent you right in there. Uh, just start into the box, the promo code, just start, and you will get 50% off of tenant screening. I hope you go check them out. All right, thank you for joining me again here on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate it very much, and I have an exciting guest on today. Uh, it's somebody that I think you're going to have a lot of fun listening to because this guy has done a lot in a, in a short amount of time. Uh, I have on the on the line right now Nick Ruiz. Nick is a passionate, twice self-made real estate entrepreneur from scratch. He started when he was 19 and built a multi-million dollar net worth and borrowed millions of dollars from banks by his mid-20s. When the crash of 2008 came, he was too over-leveraged in his investment properties and eventually it forced him into bankruptcy. But he got extremely creative and hustled hard and climbed back up flipping and wholesaling and is back into total financial independence as a real estate entrepreneur. That explains the twice self-made that I talked about in the beginning. Welcome to the show, Nick. Mike, that's awesome. Thanks for having me, man. It's really a pleasure to be here. Hey, no problem. And it's always good to have someone on who made it crashed and then made it back again because to me that means you could crash again not that you want to but right, you could right, crash right. again and you have you know you probably have confidence that you could do this all over again and i think what's great about that is my audience is is made up of a lot of of new entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs and they kind of want to know hey if you had to start all over again what would you do how would you how would you get back to where you are and you can definitely speak to that Absolutely. I'm, I'm the live example of that. You know, I, I, I've heard other podcasts where one of the main questions a lot of times is, hey, what would you do, Nick, if, you know, everything was stripped from you? Well, 
I got news for you. It it happened. So you know, I'm a live example yeah, it's of not that, which is kind. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a live example, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's a and it's and we'll get into it, but it, it was a total blessing as well, which we can talk about. But for all you entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs listening, yeah, it uh, you know, being stripped down to the bottom, there are many advantages to it, which we can get into. Yeah, you know what? I do want to let's go back. I, I gave a brief history, but let's let's yeah. fill in some of the blanks. Let's go back and talk about sure. where you started and where you are now. All right. Well, you know, my entrepreneurial career started pretty nuts. I mean, I, I was an entrepreneur at a very young age, is what I mean. Like when I was a kid, I was trying to buy low and sell high. I don't care what it was, going all the way back to grade school. So I did a lot of different things, hustling. I always loved connecting with people. I was, you know, I I love sales and just, you know, the art of the deal kind of thing. You know, yeah. it just, I feel like it was in me. Um, so as I got into high school, and there's so many like details that will just breeze over because my story is just bananas. So anyways, <laughs> in high school, I, um, my first real business that I thought I was, I was like 17 years old and I'm like, you know what? This could be like a real deal thing. I got into a network marketing company, Amway and, uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard of that or people listening. It was called Quickstar. Basically, it was just a, you know, you recruit people, you sell products and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. And um, it just, it taught me and refined my sales skills. And it's, I, the only reason I bring it up is because it was really pivotal. And for everyone listening who's an entrepreneur who wants to be one, listen, salesmanship is the boss of entrepreneurship. I don't care what industry you're in as a business owner. Yeah. You need to learn how to sell. And you don't, I'm not talking like hard closing, pushy, pushy, you know, aggressive schmuck. I'm saying you have to persuade people to see your products, um, you know, opportunities yourself, the way you want them to see it so they can right. benefit, you know, and, and you're selling, you know, with ethics, you know, you should, you should be persuading people all the time, you know, because you believe what you have to offer can truly help them. So what it did was it kind of refined my sales skills, taught me how to go out in public and gain instant rapport with people, turn the cold market warm. You know, a lot of, you know, a big buzzword online with marketing obviously is funnels. Well, back in the late 90s, the funnel was you walk out, you shake someone's hand, you grab their card. They're a little warm. You make the call to them, warm them up a little more, BS with them a little more. And then eventually on maybe the third call, you, um, you know, you set up a lunch and present them with this, in this particular example, the opportunity. So it was kind of like the old school funnel, which I'm a huge fan of. Yep. Um, so it taught me how to sell and everything else. And I, it taught me how to get up in front of people and talk and present things. It just all around great thing. I mean, it, it, I don't regret it. In fact, I don't regret anything um, in my entrepreneurial career because it makes me who I am today. And I'm sure you can attest to stuff like that sure, too, Mike, absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so bottom line, I did it for about a year. Didn't make a ton of money, but learned a ton, uh, the stuff I mentioned. And sorry if I'm going a little fast, but I want to get into the real estate as soon no, as possible. No, absolutely. Um, which is coming up here. So, you know, what happened was um, I kind of got out of that business and I – was working for a family business. I didn't really go to college. I went for like half a semester just because I thought you're supposed to go to college. But I just, that, that's not for me. I don't want to listen to some professor tell me stuff I don't care about. And I mean, no offense to college, but for me personally, that was my philosophy. Right. I was like, I just wanted to be an entrepreneur and put my own stake in the ground. I didn't want to listen to people tell me what to do or, you know, have some nine to five punch clock, you know, all the stuff, you know, a lot of the listeners are going through. So, right. Late night, I'm 19 years old. I see an infomercial about a, a real estate program, um, no money down uh, real estate. And I didn't have any money to speak of, you know. So I'm like, okay, this seems interesting. People have made um, money in real estate and, and created wealth. So I thought this could really be my ticket. So I put up a credit card on, on the phone, 250 bucks, 
you know, whatever it was, a week later, I get the stack of DVDs and CDs and workbooks. That's the way these programs worked back then. Devoured them in like an obsessive amount of time, like two days. I mean, went through just mountains of material, you know, because I just wanted to get started ASAP. Definitely, yeah. And by the way, who was it? Can you tell me? Carlton Sheets. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay, pretty common. Pretty common. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, he he was was all over the place. But he was everywhere. TV late night without seeing him for sure. Yeah, he he dominated the airwaves back then on TV. So I got the program, and a lot of strategies I got to admit were pretty far fetched as far as this no money down thing, like. there was some wacky stuff in there that I was like, ooh, I don't know if that'll work or whatever. So I started looking at a lot of that, and I kind of like got this like limiting belief and a little discouragement, which I'm sure a lot of people listening go through. In fact, the biggest battle you're probably going through right now, if you're going through one, is your own beliefs telling you things uh, that are just false and just imaginative. So shut that mind up. Anyways, um, so I put it away. And then you know, I was just like, eh, I'll get to it, you know? And then, I don't know, a few months later, I got frustrated again with the, you know, the grind. You know, I was on the grind and I'm like, this is just not for me. Like, I want to be doing bigger and better things for myself. (laughs) So I pull it out of the closet. I'm like, if I can just grab like two things out of this that I think I could do that that seem workable, some strategies, I'm going to make it happen. Right. So. I I, uh, I pulled it out and I, I um, pulled a couple strategies out and got a couple creative ideas and I go into my the local newspaper and I find some seller that it says motivated seller, um, you know house needs a little bit of work blah blah blah. It was a duplex, so I approach the guy and I say, listen, he was asking sixty nine thousand. I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asking 69000 and the first belief I had, and I'm sure many listening can relate to this one, um, is I thought I was some idiot that was going to look at this house, and he was some big shot genius um, investor because it was a duplex, and he was an investor, and I yeah. was so intimidated by that yep. and just like, oh, my God, I know nothing. He knows everything. Every question I ask, he's in his mind, he's going to be laughing at me, right? Like, yep. how many people go through that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, so that's what I thought. So just people listening, we've all been there and it's just part of the learning process. So anyways, the dude says 69K. I say, I'll tell you what, you know, instead of 69, I'll give you 77, eight grand more. But I want you, if you can, can you credit me some closing costs and some like little fix up money, you know, to get some carpet and painting and different things in there. And we agreed on that. And um, so he got his full price. I'm, and then I was able to maneuver this other thing that made me really come out of pocket with nothing. And that, that, uh, you know, that was, that was a beautiful nice, deal. Nice. And so, yeah. So I fix it up. Boom. I rent out both units. And the way this duplex worked is like my mortgage and expenses were about 500 bucks a month. And I rented each unit for 500 a month. So I was making $500 a month positive. Boom. Nice. And you know, it's not rich, but it's like, okay, that, that was a light bulb moment. Like, okay, this is 500 bucks a month. Right. Then... I immediately, you know, as aggressive as I am, I'm like, I got to do this again. So I go to a bank, borrow against the first property, um, do the same thing with another duplex, literally equated out to about another $500 a month. So I was making a grand a month within, you know, a few months of starting this business. Uh, that's pretty solid. I was like yeah. 20, I was 20 or 21 years old at the time. Now, let me ask you this. Let me jump in real quick. Go you ahead. bought the first one for 69 
and you put a little bit into it. Sounds like some paint and carpeting, something yes. you know, real quick and simple. You Dingy, borrowed yeah. against it, so that either means there was equity in it when you bought it, or you created enough equity to borrow against it. Is I think it was correct? a combination of both. Okay. Um, this guy was an investor, so he knew he couldn't sell it for retail retail. So I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. I, my improvements made the appraisal go up, and let's 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 get real here too. In the year two thousand, uh, things were a little True. different back then, yeah. as far as you know, appraisals maybe stretched a little further right. than they would nowadays. Yeah, you know, I'm so, thinking 2014, but you're right. Back in 2000, all you really yeah. needed was a was a pulse, you know, a heartbeat, and and uh, you know, a pen in your hand to sign the paperwork, and you could get money. Exactly, and it was different. Sure, um, and sure. th- and that that was the environment back then. So I pulled out some equity, and bam, slapped it down on a new one. I'm at a grand a month. Okay, so is that rich? No, but that's that's a thousand dollars a month. That's, How old that's, were you? Uh, 21. There you go. Thousand dollars a month at 21 is 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 good money. It is good money, and I was working, so my bills were paid there. So this was all gravy money, and then yeah. it's just the super light bulb went off. So then, Mike, I'm I say, okay, um, I want to grow, but my borrowing ability, you know, there wasn't as much equity in the new one. So I was like, okay, I want to grow. So I I think I decided to sell the first one. Okay, okay. and I sold that, and I walked away with twenty two thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Um, and yeah, I was a 21 year old kid getting a $22,000 check handed to me. And that's kind of when the light bulb was more like confirmed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's $22,000 hard money. Like in one check. Yeah. More money than you probably had ever seen at that point. Oh, without question. Without question. So then I'm like, all right, let's do this with the other one. Sold that one, walked away with $35,000. And then I was like, why would I work? You know? And I ended, (laughs) I ended up working a couple more years than that, but um, what happened was the, the, the way the events spiraled then, I started borrowing tons of money from banks. I showed that I knew, I proved to them that I knew what I was doing by these couple deals. Um, bought and sold um, over 100 properties. By, the, by my mid 20s, I had built over like a $2 million net worth. I had like, I don't know, sixty seventy thousand dollars in rents coming in every month uh wow. t- employees you know construction crews handyman crews just a huge operation i had like 70 almost 70 buildings at my peak point wow. uh, b- borrowed millions from banks i was you know and i did this like around my mid-20s that's where i got to and um you know it was good for a while stressful and again, when people say, what would I, would I, would I tell someone to start the way I did? Actually, no. And I have new things that I've developed through all the stuff I've been through. But uh, that's the way the ball rolled for me. And I yep. just was, you know, I, I was buying, you know, three, four properties a month at, at, at a certain period of time and just going crazy with it. You know, nice. most, mostly single families and some duplexes. Wow. Um, and right now I'm pretty much strictly a single family guy. And for lots of reasons which if you want to talk about it we can but yeah i do actually i want to talk about your business today right so how does it look today what do you what is your primary mode of investing i am a primary flipper okay, okay. okay. i i wholesale but but my main main thing is rehabbing and selling it's okay. just a, I've, I've refined a system to it so we'll come up to this so basically the 2008 the crash came clobbered me over the head. I was over leveraged on tons of places. And it, it basically what it did, Mike, was it forced me into bankruptcy. It, as much as I wanted to hang on and hold the little string, um, there's just, thank you. there was no way around it. You know, bankruptcy is just, you know, and coming down to zero and crashing was just, that's what happened. So yeah, yeah. I, I um, that was a depressing, depressing point of my life. I, I, there's no doubt about it. And listen, I've read all the books. I listen to Tony Robbins and all the personal, like I get, like I did all that. I'm that guy that, that does that. But I'm going to tell you something when you're in that moment, 
it's really, really, really hard to embrace some of those, you know, sure. don't worry about it. You're going to pick yourself up. Yep. It's, you know, especially when you're used to having money, you know, the way, the way you did. So I just want to really tell people no matter where you're at, like, you know, you, you can turn things around. So, so I picked myself up and eventually what I did was, see, I believe people act out of desperation. Um, they act the most, you know, you can be inspired by pictures of big houses on your dream boards and all that kind of stuff. That's fine and dandy. But when you act, when you, when there's necessity involved, I believe that's when people take the most action. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. I, I think, and I guess it's, it's another way of saying it, but I think fear sometimes is a bigger motivator when you're afraid that you, you know, can't eat the next week or that you're going to lose everything you have or whatever, yeah. the, your world's coming crashing down. I think people are motivated by that more than they are the the picture of the sports car and the and the yacht. You know what I mean? That's exactly. In the future, so there's no doubt about it. I think people are motivated by those things a little bit more. So I took massive action, got extremely motivated, and exhausted all my resources um, and all the people I knew. And I'm like, this is a you know, I went through my little depressed point. There's no doubt. Like I was used to having tons of money, doing whatever. Now I'm down to nuts. And it just, yeah, I, I got, I shook myself off. I'm like, you got the wealth mindset. You know, wealth is a mindset. And again, I proved that by what I've done. But um, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to call these people I know. And I just, I did, I made a bunch of really aggressive moves and I ended up doing a flip deal. Okay. And um, a, night, a profitable flip deal. And then that spiraled into a wholesale deal. And then another flip and boom, 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 boom. And now here I am today, um, a very successful, again, self-made financially independent real estate entrepreneur. And I want to say this, I don't, you know, as I started helping other people and mentoring people in this business, I geared away from even saying, you know, real estate investing. There's nothing wrong with that word, but I call it real estate entrepreneurship. And I'm going to real estate entrepreneur because you really have to adopt the entrepreneurial mindset to do this on any level of getting financial independence, you yeah. know? So, so that, you know, and again, we can talk about the different mindset changes, but I just, I gained so much wisdom. That bankruptcy was the best thing that happened to me personally and on an entrepreneurial level, without a doubt. There's dozens of reasons why it, must, it had to happen, and I am a way smarter and more intelligent and more intuitive and wisdom-filled entrepreneur because of it. It's it's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, it's it's great when things are flying high and everybody's, you know, patting you on the back. Those are, those, it feels great, but you're right. You do learn a lot when you crash too. So yes. those times they're not fun. Nobody wants them. I don't wish them on people, but honestly, when it happens, you rarely do people say I learned nothing and it was a terrible thing and there was no, no benefit. You know, usually people will grudgingly or just flat out say, Hey, it's the best thing ever happened to me. Like you did. Yeah. So that's it, great. It cat it can catapult you truly catastrophic events for those listening can freaking catapult you beyond your wildest dreams. So I just, you know, it's just important to realize that and recognize it, especially if you're going through it currently. Yep. Now you you built your initial empire right on on rentals. It sounds like, and now your second empire is built on flips. It sounds like that's what you're doing primarily flips. Why not go back to the buy and hold model that you had originally? Why go to flips? I am not big on getting mortgages and leveraging a ton of properties anymore. Now I will say. Um, I have been um, creatively getting into rentals um, mainly with cash or with, um, you know, creative negotiations with extremely motivated sellers where I'm where there's really, um, you know, they're financing maybe something on the back end. But mainly it's any rentals I get into, which are minimal, are single families and they're free and clear. Gotcha. 
period. Gotcha. I, it, but flipping, it's just the, if you know what you're doing, the market right now is beautiful for flipping. In fact, it always will be. When the winds change, adjust your sales. Like flipping, I've, I flipped all through that rental empire. You know, again, the problem is just the way things ended up with that over leveraging, it, uh, it, I got swallowed. But flipping has been a part of my arsenal. I just now, I really kicked it up to a new level since I've been out of this. Uh, bankruptcy and it's just it's it's crazy how gotcha. how great everything's going you know with the right with the right maneuvers you yeah know? absolutely that makes sense so when it comes to flipping houses what kind of volume are you doing how many what's a typical six month period look like for you um I I try to do a a retail and flip once a month okay you know um maybe two a month you know on uh, on a very aggressive month but it, it you know it uh, and that's going really well. You know, I'm I'm expanding, and uh, that's a solid model. It works. I have the right crews in place, and everything's going, uh, you know, smooth with my employees, and it's very manageable. And I am slowly expanding into more deals, but the de- the way the deal flow is going, you know, I'm very very picky with my yep. deals, yeah. very picky, and um, you know, that's why I'm it's it's a little more minimal than I used to do, but it's it's still a, you know an aggressive business, but. I need super spreads, and uh, again, I'm really, really picky with my deals. How do you find your deals? Um, couple ways. I do market myself a lot. Okay, um, letter direct mail is very, very strong. I I have relationships with attorneys that I've built up over the years that I contact and I stay in front of them phone wise. You know, a lot of these dudes are older, and I call them every couple months. Hey, I'm around. What do you got? Boom, boom, boom. And sometimes I ruffle the feathers and they end up bringing something to my attention, you know, no. where they don't, these yeah. guys don't think of you when the deal, you know, they're just no. too busy. They're not going to say, oh, I'm going to call Nick because this deal's in front of me. You got to stay in front of them. And for, you really have to be aggressive with this game. Now, let's just talk, talk to the beginner here. What kind of lawyers are we talking about? Probate, divorce, both? Mainly, mainly probate. Okay. Some, some divorce and uh, bankruptcy, but mainly probate. I mean, I've gotten deals from a few different types of attorneys, but for the person, the, the new person listening, Focus on probate, and you can expand out from there. And this is probate is I don't know if everyone knows what that is. It's where someone passes away, and someone inherits the property, and then they you know they want to convert it into cash because they don't want to deal with it. Okay. Now you said you you mentor people, and you you talked into beginning and new real estate investors a lot. What do you see some of the mistakes that they're making? What what do they come to you where you have to kind of redirect them, or or you see they're about to to do something, and you go whoa whoa whoa. What, What are those mistakes? What are some of the common ones? I think the biggest mistake above all. Um, when people approach me with these questions and it's just, I have to sit there and laugh sometimes because they come at me with this huge like plan. And if I want to do, you know, they come up with this, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's a very common theme with people who approach me. And it's all about, I want to take, I want to buy this property. And then what I'm going to do is I'm, I got to line up a bank and I'm going to leverage it over here. And then I'm going to pay cash for another four unit. And then I'm going to get that cash flow at this percent return. <laughs> I think what, I think what they, the biggest mistake, you want, you want me to be straight up? They overcomplicate this yeah, business. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the same thing, Mike. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They've read too many books. They've yes. read too many strategies and they try to make something that is really actually incredibly easy conceptually into something that's just a tangled mess. Totally. And that's why they're coming to me with it because they're so paralyzed by the inundation of info that they've brought in. And that's why they're coming to me and saying, well, all right, fine, let's see what you think of this. And my response is delete everything you just said to me. Literally, like (laughs) I have to like, I have to literally break their psychological pattern completely. Like just cancel everything you just said, take a breath, and we're going to go over here and we're going to discuss this 
and then we're going to discuss this. Even people I've mentored, they want all these steps like in the first lesson or whatever. And it's kind of like, I want you to do this. I want you to do this step and do it right. And then we move on to step two. Because like you yeah. said, conceptually, this is not a tough racket. It's no. just freaking not. And I think that's the biggest mistake. And again, I go. It goes back to the psychology. There, you, you know, it. You know, these people's mindsets are so. You know, like, hey, I want to conquer the world tomorrow. No, you know. Luckily, yes, you can create wealth with real estate entrepreneurship in a very short amount of time if you're if you're smart and make the right moves. It's not thirty year old school. I mean, you can really do it, yeah. but you, you got to take it the right way. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, and I think the overcomplicating it thing is so common. And you know, I just uh, I just had an episode of my podcast where I'm talking about you know some of the biggest fears that that new investors have, and one of them is losing money. And I think you would agree with this, and you kind of alluded to the fact that you know you do a certain amount of deals a year because you want insane spreads, you want big spreads. And I would guess there's a couple reasons why you want big spreads. Number one, you want to make a lot of money on each deal. That's that's for sure. But you know, if you have a big spread, you it. Uh, I hesitate to say you can't lose money, but really, I mean, the place would have to blow up. I mean, how could you lose money? If something right. goes wrong a little bit, maybe you didn't, you know, there's a, there's some something that you didn't foresee or whatever, it can be absorbed into, you know, the profit that you have built in and you're still going to make a lot of money. So, the, you know, the one of the big misconceptions is that this is really risky and I, I would never suggest that you can't lose money. Of course you can. It's an investment. There's a risk yep. in anything. But if you do it right and, you, and you're really diligent about some certain rules and some certain things that you put in place... You, you really should not ever be in a position where you're looking down the barrel of losing money. I mean, I've made less profit than I anticipated on certain houses. I've never yep. lost money. I've never lost money. At my first house, I made a lot of money. And I've made money since then because I know to be you have to be disciplined. You know, there's certain things that you have to do well. And if you can do those things well, you're not going to lose money. You need to know what the after repair values are. You need to be able to estimate rehab very, very well. It, honestly, if you can do those two things, it's it's tough to lose money. It, absolutely. That's why you need to be picky. And, you know, the guys who are losing money are the guys trying to do 100 deals a year. You know, they're taking all these kinds of shots. And th at the end of the day, some of those deals just you, are going to lose money. If you're picky, you have the right parameters, right. you have the right constant deal flow and lead flow, you're not going to have a problem. You're, if you buy right and follow parameters, okay, yeah. you're going to be fine. It's not a stock where the company could go belly up. I exactly. mean, this is a real, real estate is a solid asset. So buy right and you're safe. Exactly. It's, it's, that's just what it comes down to. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly the way. That's a good way of saying it. If you follow some parameters, you're going to be fine. So why don't yep. you take us through a, a, one of your typical deals or maybe a recent deal that you've done to give people an idea of the types of deals that you're doing right now? Um, let's see. Um, what, what do I have going on? Well, there was one. Um, you just want me to say kind of what I paid for it, kind of yeah, some of the thi yeah, things I did and how much it cost? What, what you paid for it, what you did in rehab, how long you held it or, or how long you have had it, what you're going to list it for, how do you know that that was what you should list it for, those kind of things. Um, well, there's one I just sold uh, like a week ago. Great. I mean, you want to talk about that? Sure. Let's let's dig in that one right from the beginning. What would you pay for that? So I paid 50000 even for it, actually. Isn't it great to be in the Midwest? <laughs> yeah. By the way, by the way, I'm in Michigan. Most people know that you're in uh, Minnesota, correct? Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm sorry, Milwaukee, yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. Midwest. So yeah, it, you you just don't hear you know you just don't hear those prices you know. You don't, California. but it is all relative. I, I've talked to guys all over the country and help people. You know what? There's there's spreads everywhere. There True. just is. You know. Yeah. 
Um, there's money to be made everywhere. So yeah, I bought it for fifty thousand. Um, I ended up sticking about, I'm gonna say, fifty five into it, fifty five thousand okay. into it. Um, it needed a lot. It needed some basement work and, you know, total cosmetic overhaul, new kitchen, new bathroom, refinished hardwood floors, you know, a lot of drywall work, texture, paint, all new light fixtures. I do the, um, oil rub bronze fixtures and doors trim, you know, there's new doors, new yeah. trim, you know, total, total mm -hmm. rehab. Mm -hmm. The roof was actually already brand new, thankfully. So that saved me some money. That's um, fun. a lot, a lot of exterior concrete work, new porch, all new windows. Um, and, um, yeah. So it, that, that whole construction project actually went a little longer than I wanted to. It took five weeks because um, I had an issue with a, a contractor. Um, and that happens, you know, for those yeah. of you listening, like stuff's going to go down. You're always going to have issues like any other business. Um, but you can refine it so that doesn't happen as often through, through different, you know, systems I have now. But, you know, it still happens. I mean, I had a great guy. He was with me for two years and, um, you know, just flaked out on me. What are you going to do? It's it life. Happens. Yeah. So about five weeks, and then um, I listed it for one fifty nine, and I got two or three offers on the first weekend, and uh, I, we had to push it out a week because I think the Packers were playing, and like our town's <laughs> our our freaking city's crazy with that. Yeah. Like oh, everyone's yeah. dead, you know, Packer game dead in the water. It was a Sunday, yep. so forget <laughs> that. So we pushed it out the following week, and um, I ended up getting two or three offers, kind of. And my, my broker, you know, played the right move, kind of like pitted them against each other and did that whole thing and end up, ended up getting the full price, 159 uh, No closing cost. They didn't want any closing cost credits, which a lot of times buyers wow. these days want. That's you great. know, they yeah. want 2500 3500 yeah. whatever it is. You know how that goes. That's standard. Sure. Yeah. Um, clean, easy. Um, and at the end of the day, it, I just sold it uh, a week and a half ago. What was it? Uh, last, not last, last Friday. Yeah, last Friday. Wow. Last Friday, I just sold it. Yeah, I'm, my my time's mixed up. I just sold nice. it a few days ago. Nice, congratulations. Yeah, that's that's a solid deal. That there's no doubt about it. That's a great deal. Yeah. So I think after everything was said and done, it was uh, um, I don't know, forty five thousand profit or whatever after the commission and whatever. Yeah. You know, that's fantastic. That's, Give or take a few bucks. You hey, know, that's how you do it, right? Big spreads. You put a lot into it too. You, I mean, you put as much into it as you paid for. You know, so I, I did, and and this just I, I really liked the area, and I just knew it was there. And you know, there's you know, here's the other thing too. You want to talk about what other new investors have problems with? Again, it goes back to the I, I call it like the formula paralysis. You know, I just someone emailed me the other day, and they're like, "So what do you think of this formula? You know, ten percent or twenty percent of what you do is um should be wholesale, forty percent should be um, rehab and flips, and then the last you know forty percent <laughs> should be rentals. That's this, and he's he, the the guru. He learned that from. He said this is what this guru said is the ideal like ratio that you should be doing in real estate and i'm just like <laughs> i mean that that's just wrong like that it's wrong right. for someone to say that that is how this business is is ideal that's the ideal picture no it's not that's right. not the ideal picture all right and i told the guy i said i asked him how many deals he's done he says none he's just learning i said <laughs> throw that book out and start here find one home run and we'll decide should we wholesale it should we rehab it? Right. And we'll go from there. That's step one for that's step one for my students. We're gonna find you one solid deal that's guaranteed to be profitable. Okay. And guaranteed to be no risk. Because that's what I care about. See, that's the you know, the pain points of a new guy are I'm scared I'm gonna lose money. I'm scared I'm risking. I'm scared I'm not gonna make any money. I'm scared this, everything's fear. So hey, let's sign up a home run for your first deal. Right. 
And we're going to structure it so that no matter what, you aren't losing a dime. Yep. That's the, and then once you do that, we're going to move on to step two of doing another deal and we can branch out from there. But none of this formula ratio stuff, that's nonsense. In my, in my opinion, that's freaking nonsense. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's super arbitrary. I mean, you know, I, I know I've talked to people who are straight up wholesalers. That's all they do. They don't flip. They don't buy and hold. They wholesale and they make a ton of money. They're, they're just knocking it out of the park. I've met yeah. people who are just buy and hold. And some of it is just temperament. It's, it's just what you like. It's what yeah. suits you better. I mean, some people are better suited for buy and hold for whatever reason. That's what floats their boat and some people right. just doesn't do it for them so yeah the formulas and the gurus i mean i, I you know i could talk for a long time about the gurus it's just you know it, it, this it yeah. isn't that hard you don't need a formula of ratios of of wholesaling to to flipping to, right uh, right it's just it's, it's it's a crazy waste of of time in your in waste of space in your brain to think about that kind of stuff yeah he's up all, all night thinking about these ratios and how he's going to try to figure that out <laughs> i know and it's like you know right. that's what i tell people too very similar to what you said is do your first deal i mean just do your first one. Don't 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 yeah. don't get over don't overcomplicate it. Matter of fact, don't even think about if you decide your first thing you're going to do is is flip a property, put buy and hold out of your mind and put wholesaling out of your mind for a moment. Focus on what you have to do to flip one property and make money. And, Bingo. and go from there. Dude, there's nothing else to talk about. If you're a new investor who's never done a deal, the bottom line is do your first deal. Like there there's literally no other conversation to be had at that point. Right. Right. Nothing. There's yep. nothing more we can talk about. Yep. We got to do a deal. 100%. Now, okay, so let me ask you this. If you, you've you done this, so I'm not going to say if you had to do it, you've done it. How, but I'm going to say I, I just, I crash you to the ground again. You just lost everything. Yeah. What would you do week one? How, how would you start to build yourself back? What would you, what would your mindset be? Um, I mean, do I have some of the contacts I've had, my knowledge? Like, no where contacts. do you, where do you no place? Con me? No contacts, but you have your knowledge. You know, you know everything you know. You don't have any investors. You don't have any contacts. You have to start without anything. Um, okay. Well, you have all I your knowledge, though. All right. I would do multiple things. It's not just one, right? All like, right. You, you would want to know exactly yeah. how I would proceed. I want to hear how your mind would work at this point. You, okay. you got to get back on your feet. Yeah. And this is completely off the cuff. Like, I, I mean, I, Okay, here's yeah. what I would here's what I would do. Number one, I would p Google and I, like I said, I'm just thinking of this as I go here. I would Google every probate attorney, call them, stop in. Um, do I have a couple bucks to like buy donuts for them? Sure. I mean, do oh, I have yeah. money? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna buy donuts and I'm gonna walk into law firms and introduce myself and be very pleasant with the secretaries and lose my sale use my salesmanship to gain some rapport with them and really explain how that attorney can benefit by using me for um, for referring deals to me, okay? okay. Number one, yep. okay? Number two, I'm gonna go to Walmart and buy a stack of white freaking, um, uh, what do you call it, poster board. Um, I'm not gonna go online and buy a bandit sign because that's too expensive and yep. I'm gonna be extremely creative. And the reason I'm saying this is because when I was, when I was bankrupt, it, it, it induced the ultimate creativity on how to stretch a nickel freaking 10 miles. So <laughs> I'm going to go to Walmart. I'm going to buy a big Sharpie and I'm going to buy a white poster board and I'm going to write my message of how I can help people. You know, I buy houses and something simple with my phone number. It can look sloppy and old school. I don't care. I just want my message out there. Yep. So let's see. I hit those attorneys. I do that. I immediately Google where my local real estate group is and aggressively meet everyone in sight and just just aggressively make friends with everyone yeah, there. Not obviously, that. not in an abrasive way, but I mean, yeah. when I say aggressively, I mean like show up early and stay freaking until they kick you out of the hotel room or the, you know, the conference room talking to everybody. 
Um, and you know, that's where salesmanship and just make, just being authentic sure. and being a real person, man, this, you know, I tell, I tell my sellers that I talk to and everybody, this is a people business. Houses are just how we transact with one another. Real estate is a people business. And I really relay this heavily when I talk to um, sellers just to kind of, you know, bring them in. Cause I, I talk to sellers for quite some time uh, when I'm at the property because, uh, Gaining rapport is what's gotten me more deals than um, people who have offered more money. Believe it or not, I'm, oh, I, I totally it happens all the time. So, you know, be a real person, offer value to these investors. And I would say those are three things. Just yeah. th Those are the three things that came to my mind immediately. Yeah. Now, give me an hour to think about it. Maybe I would do one or two more. But let's just be real here. Those are the three things I think that would really gain some immediate like deal flow, you yeah. know? And yeah. then finding buyers, that's another easy step. We don't have to go into that. But getting a buyer, you know, you get a home run, you'll get a buyer. That's yep. that's the bottom line. We don't even have to talk about that. Because yeah. you know that's the least of your problems. If you find a home yes. run, that's that's really not not, not right. a problem for you. Right, right. So those are the three things I would immediately I do if someone stripped me of to nuts tomorrow, you yep. know? I love it. I love that. I've talked a lot about the networking thing. I think new investors, the biggest mistake you can make is sit home on an island and not talk to anybody and nobody knows what you're doing. You need to go to these investment groups. You need to go to these local real estate groups. And like you said, talk, 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 be personable. Don't be pushy, but you know, try to meet people. Try to try to find people who, who have experience and are being successful right now in your market with what you want to do and uh, take them out to lunch, take them out to coffee, talk to them, be personable, you know, ask them questions. You can shortcut so many, so many mistakes and so many things that you're going to do just by befriending some people that have been there and done that people who are doing deals right now in your area. I think that's, that's awesome. That's, that's, right. that's some of the best advice. And don't be cheesy about it. Like yeah. dude, at the end of the day, have, let people like you just exactly. be yourself, be cool. Investors are going to like you. Maybe one will take you under their wing. Your sellers are going to like you. Cause guess what? Sellers like selling homes to people they like. Let's yep. get real. That's a fact. Yep. I've been doing this for freaking 15 years Sellers like selling houses to people they like, and um, you know, there's there's a current deal I'm doing now. We don't have to get into it. I don't I don't think we have time. But the bottom line is, she really likes the way I've been treating her and talking to her and time I've spent dealing with her. And she, even though there's some slightly bigger numbers, she feels comfortable with me, and yeah. she's willing to sell it for a few bucks less. So that's a that's a solid thing that needs to be understood for a new person. You know, you got to be a you know, you got to learn to be a people person. If you're if you're a hermit. You're going to have to slightly change that. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying change your personality, yep. but get, you, you have to break out of your comfort zone and yep. start shaking some hands and smiling and just making some new friends, you yep. know, and, and that'll help you across the board, not oh. just in real estate, right? Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I, you know what? I, I really am not super outgoing and, and extroverted. Uh, that was one of the tough things for me was going into a room of people I didn't know and, and just introducing myself and telling them what I was trying to do. Now I'm, you know, behind a microphone and, and broadcasting, but I mean, it, that was a hard thing for me. It wasn't easy when I first started, but it, I but I also realized that that's what I had to do. So, um, and it's it's going to be the biggest part of your business. People who sit at home and uh, and don't talk to anybody, they're not successful. They're just not. I don't know many real estate investors who uh, fly under the radar, and never talk to anybody, and don't network who who are really knocking it out of the park. It's it's just tough to do. It it really is. It really really is. All yep. right. So you are doing you're doing a ton. You're very successful. You you know twice made all that. I, you must have some certain resources that you use. Maybe they're apps, maybe they're websites, maybe they're just you know electronics or whatever. There must be something that's making your life a little easier day to day. Can you share anything with us that you use and, and like and can recommend? 
um, as far as maybe like you're saying tech stuff? Yeah, or? it doesn't have to be tech stuff. Anything you use as a, as a, as a tool in your business that you would want people to know about. Well, I'm I'm pretty simple. I use my iPhone calendar, and what I do is I set up like um, reminders to stay in touch with people. Follow up is where the for or for the fortunes in the follow up. Right. I don't know if a lot of people have heard of that, but you know when you talk to sellers. The first response is usually no. You know, I make sure I set alerts to contact people. And what I do is, I mean, it's simple. I mean, I take notes of the conversations so I can look back and remember what we talked about. And if they had a, you know, one guy I just did a deal with, um, you know, his cousin died. And that's why he hasn't been getting back to me. But he, he went into it with me. He trusted me and told me all this stuff. So I actually documented a lot of that. And he said, I, I got to talk to you in a couple of months. A couple months later, hey, how's your cousin? How did that situation go? How did your trip go up north to help with the family? Like, that matters. And I use tech for that. That's yeah. pretty much my biggest like little tech hack that really helps me and I think separates me from a lot of my competitors in town is because I um, I stay in very close touch and relation with um, the, the sellers I'm doing business with. So my calendar, I mean, if I have to name okay. one, okay. my number one is my, my calendar and my alerts and my notes within that. It just it's to the iPhone app. Call me boring. I mean... I don't. I guess I <laughs> no. don't get too deep into it, but it it really works, and it's something people need to really consider as important. Yep. You know, was smartphones, man. Smartphones have just made you know <laughs> right. business so much easier. But you're right. People don't follow up. Follow up is is probably you know one of the one of the lost arts in in the business world right now. And I, I think you're right. If you follow up and you're diligent, you take notes, you're going to set yourself apart from most other investors. Or well, sure. Well, well, with the internet now and all the shiny object and all this stuff out there, the, I think the reason follow up is a lost art is because everybody is so impatient. I feel like yeah. we're like people are like this new generation. Period is so impatient and everything's so instant that there it's just if it didn't work out with that seller at that moment, you know what? I'll just find a new one and they'll move on and try to do it that way yep. but the fortune is in the follow-up it's just it's it's i love it i can't i can't harp on it enough but, yep you know. i think you're absolutely right and you know nick we're pretty much out of time here i yeah man, this has been so much good stuff it really has it's all going to be in the show notes so definitely Beautiful. definitely go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash nick ruiz and that's n-i-c-k-r-u-i-z and you can see everything we talked about here uh you can leave comments hopefully nick can swing by and take a look if someone comments i'll definitely be there to answer questions um but before we go here let's give out information if you have any contact information a website anything you want people to know about if they want to get a hold of you how, how do we how do we find out more yeah, well, it's just alphahomeflipping.com, A-L-P-H-A, you know, homeflipping.com. Uh, you can drop by. It's a blog. I have a few posts right now. It'll tell you a little bit more about me. I have a video. And you can go to facebook.com slash alphahomeflipping. Stop by, say hi, you know, drop a comment. I'll respond to you. You know, if you want to hop on my email list, we can, you know, engage that way too. But yeah, stop on by, say hi. I can let you know more about what I'm about if you have any questions. You know? Awesome. And I'll definitely have those links on the show notes as well. So that's alphahomeflipping.com. You Bingo. can go there. You can read a little bit more. You can check out the post, check out the video of Nick. I definitely recommend you do that. I mean, just an amazing, amazing entrepreneur, like you said, not just investor, an amazing entrepreneur who's not only done it, he's done it, crashed, and then did it again. So that's, that's, you know, that you can't get much more proof than that. So, and it proves that wealth is truly a mindset and it's yep. not something where you just, you know, in the right situation at the right time. Yeah. The market was a little easier when I started, but guess what? It wasn't, you know, after the crash. So exactly. yeah, wealth is a mindset. You have to adopt that entrepreneurial wealth building mindset period in real estate or whatever endeavor you're in. Yep. Nick, you're awesome. I appreciate you doing this, man. Thanks for being on. You too, Mike. I really, really appreciate your time. And uh, this was a lot of fun, man. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. 
just start. <laughs> <laughs>